Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tap into Greater Olean. With me, I have my co-host, Mr. Brian Kelly. He's uh, he's a member of the film club over at Alfred, and uh, we are going to actually be discussing films. We are both uh, into films. We're actually both into comics. But specifically, what we will be talking about today is the medium of superheroes. Do you think uh, it will be more of a passe thing, like Westerns were in the past, or do you think that they're a longevity thing, like they're going to stick around? Well, I think uh, that they'll probably stick around for quite a while because, I'm, for the most part, they've stayed around since the, the 20s, 20s, 30s. Yeah, like the the Batman and Superman film serials back in, like, the 20s. Yeah. I mean, they might might proceed to different mediums, but as far as heroes go, I think they'll be around for quite a while. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, there there have always really been superheroes, if you think about it. There's, uh, you know, the Greek heroes. There's uh, the, the ancient heroes way back in the days of animism and such. So there's always been uh, superheroes. But uh, do you think maybe the Dale, like the market gets a bit saturated now? Uh, I, using the, using the, the Marvel-style heroes, I, I can imagine that getting a bit stale because Marvel is doing a hell of a job and DC is trying its best, but I, I think the, that type of hero might be might be going on its way out. Um, and that's, and that's the, fair, because like DC is desperately trying to catch up to Marvel, but yeah. at the same time, uh, we want to not be Marvel. Unfortunately, not being something isn't exactly an identity of your own. Yeah. Personally, I'd like to see a, a comeback of some of the more nitty-gritty kind of heroes they have more realism attached to them. Oh yeah, uh, like uh, Watchmen. That's actually going to be a yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, that's going to be a, a multi-part episodic uh, HBO series oh, coming out. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm really interested in that because, like, did you like the Watchmen movie? I liked the Watchmen movie. Yeah, yeah. I did too. I mean, it's it's not really like the like the comic, and there are episodes like there are, are moments about the movie that I actually yeah. prefer from the comic, like the whole squid subplot was. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little. That was extremely that was a little, comical, uh, a little more uh, realistic, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's one of my, like I said before, it's one of my favorite parts of Bob Washington, the whole realism element and how they, how they, they make it sound more like plausible things. Yeah, but they also got like a sort of got the gritty realism in like the Arrow television series, but even to yeah. well, even to a point, that's gotten a bit formulaic. Yeah, but that's also like a CW thing. That so is like. True. It, it's like he said, she said drama going on, and that's that's not my cup of tea. That's I, fair enough. I, and to like, be perfect honest, that's not that's not really realism because uh, it doesn't happen as much unless you make it happen. That, that is very true. Uh, there are uh, like there are elements that I really like about the CW series. Actually, oh, definitely. Yeah. Actually, no. Like Flash, I prefer vastly to Arrow because. You know, it actually does have the comic book elements, and, like, they really do try to stick more to the source material. Oh, yeah. Because, let's face it, when Arrow started out, he was just... They couldn't get the rights to Batman, so they just... In reality, it, it, Arrow has kind of grown on me in, in a bit. Like, uh, it, it's not really like the comics, but, you know, there are there are elements of stories that are in there. and uh, They do uh, tell some decent stories, but it has gotten a bit formulaic. Yeah, uh, I think... I think um... I was saying before, you just gotta have that right, right level of dark humor mixed with some reality. And I'm trying to think of a good example that did it. 
uh, I think the Punisher kind of. Yeah, the Punisher movie. Uh, specifically, like the Warzone movie, right? Yeah, the movie. More, more so the movie than the uh, TV series. Yeah, the Netflix series. Uh, they tried, but like you know, I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, it was it really it cool, was, but it wasn't the the fish salad we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I I did prefer the Daredevil series, and I liked him as a supporting character oh, on yeah. the second season of Daredevil. But, oh yeah. I, and it's great to have such an anti-hero like that. Oh, exactly. Like, but I, I just don't know if he can like he fully holds the focus of his own show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Because like he, he's best in small doses. I mean, he did start out actually as a, a quote-unquote guest villain on uh, on the Spider-Man comic way back in the day. Yeah. Because uh, Kingpin kind of tricked him into trying to kill Spider-Man, which was yeah, that's that's actually an interesting thing because like. The Punisher is really a '90s hero if you think about it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. if you pick one comic book character that's actually stuck around, because well, uh, there were a lot of comic book characters in the '90s that did not age and did not transfer well to the modern day. Uh, young Blood comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, just since we're talking about it, what 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 kind of um, what kind of favorite hero series have you had, and why do you think it was your pick? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh... I really do like Gotham. Gotham has gotten a lot of crap on the internet, and it's uh, basically, I I think most of the hate is because, oh, it's not like the comics, it's its own thing, and I may be unpopular by saying this, but I prefer pretty much all of Batman's villains over Batman, but, and that's the main thing of the show, it's about, uh, it's about the villains interacting off of each other, and it's about them uh, basically... Uh, chilling in this in this city before there was a certain masked vigilante going around stopping them. Admittedly, they kind of play fast and loose with the time period. I mean, they got black and white televisions, but they have flip phones. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean, Gotham's kind of always been ambiguous with time periods. Even, like, back in the, the Tim Burton movie in 89, they didn't really give a time period because they had those weird rotoscope newspapers, yet they clearly had color TV. Yeah. Yeah. And... Sometimes consistency isn't uh, a movie developer's forte. I, exactly. Honestly, I think my favorite superhero movie, in a movie series, would have to be with uh, the early Teen Titans. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that nitty semi-realism, granted it was more of a cartoon than anything else. Plus it had, like, but, anime influence. Yeah, it was, it was heavily influenced by anime. Yeah, and it some of the nitty-gritty kind of background details really really drew me in, especially because of the the age at the time when I was watching it. So it was around the early early to mid adolescent years. So Yeah, and they never got like a theatrical release or anything, but that they were still a great series. I mean they had a lot of stuff released. Oh definitely. Like, like um the uh, Teen Titans Save the Justice League was it? Uh, like versus the Justice League, yeah. Yeah, that was technically a different universe. I, but like Yeah, but there's they yeah, yeah. similar characters. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they use as the prototype of all the characters, but it, you know, they, they have to, they play fast and loose with continuity 'cause like uh the recent string of uh D C movies that they did for animated and D C releases like two of them a year. So uh, they kind of stick to the same time period except for a few exceptions, which by the way we have to watch Gotham by Gaslight, that's out. Oh yeah. Steampunk Batman. And then the the Samurai Batman too. Oh yeah, that's coming out, and that's had, and I I forget what anime company uh they uh, it was a famous anime company that's doing the animation and like voice dubbing, but I honestly don't remember which one it was. I'm, unfortunately, I don't either. But yeah, so your beloved Teen Titans, our beloved Teen Titans, we both love the show. Yeah. Uh, 
they did not get a theatrical release. But a certain incarnation of the characters is getting a theatrical release soon. Yeah. Uh, and, I, uh, I really don't know what to say about that. Yes, it's, okay. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the Teen Titans show on Cartoon Network was <clears throat> rebooted into a completely different series that focuses entirely on comedy and completely abandons the fact that they're superheroes at all, really. And uh, it's called Teen Titans Go, and we don't like it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said when uh, the creator decides to directly address the audience's concerns by having the characters directly address concerns and then tell the audience they're stupid. Yes, exactly. Like, I know it's not for us. I know it's yeah. for a new generation. But really, like, uh, the main thing about superheroes and why I think the medium of superheroes in comics and stuff stays is because they want to tell a good story. Even if it's jokey heroes like Deadpool or The Mask, they want to tell stories first. Yeah. And even if they do want to just tell jokes, they actually take the time and think about the jokes. Yeah, and like like you said, The Mask. The Mask, you read the comic and you're like, holy crap, what kind of, what kind of hell did I walk into? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, like the Jim Carrey movie and the animated series, it's nothing like the original but, I mean, comic. They did that well. They, they played it off for laughs instead of doing the full thing, and it worked fine. I mean, exactly. granted, the movies weren't perfect, but they, they were fine. They were watchable. They're, yeah, because they actually... Okay, here's the thing, guys. They acknowledged the source material, and they actually cared about the source material. Yeah, but like, and the weird thing is, you can kind of sit, more or less say the same thing about the original Teen Titans show. In reality, that team really didn't start everything, and like, you know, they didn't have personalities or anything, but because they actually cared about these characters, because they cared to make good stories and good character development, the original series is great, even if it doesn't really relate to the comics. Yeah, I mean, the, even that Teen Titans but it had its source material, and it, while quite different, uh, it still works really well, and uh, especially with the Young Justice, which is an off-brand Teen Titans. And they're coming back for season three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, that's Netflix, right? Uh, actually, I think uh, the WP is actually opening its own streaming service, and uh, they're actually creating another Teen Titans series live action. Oh. Specifically for that Teen Titans, uh, specifically for that uh, streaming service, which oh. I'm actually interested to see that. I mean, I definitely want to see how it goes. To be fair, I definitely wanted to see how Teen Titans Go went, and even when we had our first trailer, which was I think that some, I think it was with like Mad Mob, I think the oh, yeah, first trailer it was, was the Mad Mob one. Yeah, and, and, and you're like, oh, it's a little goofy, but I mean, I think I can live with it. Yeah, I mean, the animation is kind of childish, and you know, a little polished around the edges, a little chibi style, but I can I can pass, like, and because uh, art style doesn't mean it's a bad show. Take, and I know I'm kind of going to be a nerd for saying this. Take the Be Cool Scooby Doo series. Yeah. The yeah. The character design is god-awful, but they actually try to tell jokes and subvert cliches because, like, they care about the source material because they know that people grew up on Scooby-Doo and that they had a formula and it worked. So they, because they knew how that formula worked, they could subvert the tropes in this series. Yeah. Like, uh, there was actually a really funny joke from that show uh, where they actually did a parody of Bates Motel and the ghost was uh, oh, yeah. was the mother, you know, from... Uh, from, uh, from, uh, what's, what's the movie? Crap. Uh, Psycho. Psycho, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. Psycho, yeah. And, uh, the ghost was the mother character. And, yeah, it was an entire parody of the Bates Motel. It was like, uh, it, it was a, it was a rhyme. It rhymed with Bates. I forget what it was. It was called The Good Son Motel, but the last name rhymed with Bates. Like, okay. 
Yeah, it was like Gates or something. But, yeah. Uh, they, the monster was was the mother, and she would just scold them and uh, chase people around. And then uh, Shaggy and Scooby tried to do the, uh, you know, the standard dress up in a costume to try and trick the ghost. And this time, the ghost did not fall for it and just tried to attack them. And then they're running away like, why didn't that work? That always works. That uh, you can subvert the cliches if you know what the cliches are. And, um, which Teen Titans hasn't really, uh, the, Teen Titans Go hasn't really grasped. Yeah, it, it definitely has not. And, well, since you were talking about Scooby-Doo and some of its remakes, uh, the Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated did a very, very good job of referencing its source material. Oh, because, definitely, yeah. Because, like, they had, they had all their original creatures in there. Ne- never, well, I think on a couple occasions they used them as actual creatures for episodes. Yeah. But it was, it was always referencing the creatures and being like, oh, yeah, remember when we did this? Remember when we did that? And then my my favorite part, which was when they would reference exactly what kind of things happened in there, like one on one of the beginning of the episodes where you see this construction crew break down a wall and then there's this huge, massive, dark cavern and they just wander in. And the guy's like, I think this is dangerous. And he's like, yeah, well, let's, let's just keep going anyway. And then they, they find this toxic-looking ke- chemical container that looks like it's leaking. And then, they, then the other guy's like, I, I really don't think we should be here, and something bad's going to happen if we open it. And then they kind of look at each other, and they're like, let's open it anyway. Yeah, I know. Like they, they actually acknowledge how stupid they were back in like, the section, like how they would just blindly walk into obvious traps. Yeah. But they actually made fun of it. Uh, I mean, and then there was the one time where one of the villains was unmasked, the crab villain. Uh-huh. This guy who made his entire crab suit to go underground at the beach. Yeah, he built, like, elaborate underground tunnels just yeah, because, like, like they ripped off his idea. And then, uh, basically, Velma's like, you made this amazing technological marvel and spent how, God knows how much money doing this. Why didn't you just hire a lawyer to, lo- to you know, get, uh, to get your brand back? And he's like, are you kidding me? That, that takes forever. It was simpler just to build this elaborate tunnel system and this giant mechanical monster. Yeah, and it's, it just references how silly the original show, which I had grown up loving, how silly it really was. And I, I accepted it because it, it, it showed a love for the source. Yeah, it. exactly. Like, And that's kind of the flaw. Like, uh, And whenever they do subversions of tropes, like, uh, uh, which comic book movies have unfortunately done, like uh, Suicide Squad has done that, and they tried to subvert the tropes, but they didn't really understand the tropes enough yeah. to subvert them. I, I think things like... Suicide Squad, it's a little off brand. Oh, a little, stick, no. Yeah, it's, it's a little, <laughs> that was terrible. A little off in its own category because while they were both bad, honestly, I would say they were both bad. The, yeah, they were they're both bad. bad. They're bad for like little different but reasons. Like, like, I, I don't think Fan Four Stick deserved 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I don't think it was that bad. It, it wasn't that bad, and you could tell where the studio stepped in because for a good majority of it, it was pretty, it was pretty yeah, damn it was good. Like the, it was like the first half of the movie I was legitimately invested in. Heck, I'd have to say up until the point where Doctor Doom was actually just tearing the base a new one. I think like right after that point, it just started falling off. Oh the yeah, field. it like, literally it turned into a final boss battle of a really crappy video game. Really. Yeah, and it, it, it went from Doctor Doom being OP can actually manipulate. Matter yeah. around him. Oh, okay. Other than, his, other than his design, which he looked like a bunch of neon garbage bags were stuck to him. I mean, if that's the remake of his design and they have a good story with it, I don't mind. Okay, that's yeah, like, exactly. Like, character design does not mean, like I said before, character design does not mean a bad story. Yeah. I mean, I'm, since, we're, since we're on it, um, what, Nick, well, what makes the movie? 
uh, what makes uh, like I, I guess we'll specifically go for the like the comic book movie because yeah, as well because that's because that's the main topic of our discussion. We kind of got on a little tangent with the review, but yeah. like, it related to the Teen Titans Go thing, so we just kind of talked about that. But the main thing about a comic book store uh, movie is uh, there's got to be genuine heartfelt emotion. Uh, maybe uh, a gray area. Gray area is probably one of my favorite aspects of any story. Like there is no right or wrong answer, but. Uh, the hero has to make a really tough choice. Uh, it, the Dark Knight uh, does this really well because uh, the ending of the movie, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, but uh, everybody's seen it, uh, basically jo- uh, the Joker's real plan all along, which was masterfully done, by the way, he wanted to cause as much chaos as possible, but prove to the city that uh, they are chaotic, they're naturally chaotic. And he did that by secretly transforming Harvey Dent, the city's white knight, into a complete lunatic just by a, a secret set of circumstances. He made everybody think that he was after Batman, but in reality, he was after him the whole time, which is why the Joker is one of my favorite villains. He's secretly a master tactician that nobody would expect. And uh, because Harvey died at the end, uh, Batman knew that if uh, everybody knew that Harvey Dent had been corrupted, that the Joker won. The Joker won, uh, um, and then he wanted to take the uh, fall for uh, Dent's murder so that he couldn't let the Joker win, that uh, people know that there is good in this world. So that's the kind of uh, moral gray area that I really love. Uh, Plus, you know, a good action scene and well-thought-out dialogue never hurts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I would almost second the motion. However, I've seen it done a million times and really badly, like... It's a, a little off topic, but it, it's a good example. Like the typical Adam Sandler, Sandler movie, yeah. where it's just like, oh, it's point, and is that supposed to evoke emotion? And I'm sure like the first two or three times it did, but I, yeah, it, it, I've seen it go really, really south, really fast yeah, exactly. because of that. Now to to stem off that, what what I would have to say is my favorite element of films of this sort is definitely the story. And, oh yeah, like. And, yeah, and just like you said, one of the biggest elements of the story, I think, which is kind of a cop-out, is definitely the, the gray area. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of stole your answer at the same time. But, yeah, my, my favorite part is definitely the story. It's the it's the progression of all the characters. I, again, it's a little off-topic of the superhero, but something like Stranger Things, where every character gets some development, every character gets to be on screen, those kind of things, where it feels like a real world where everyone has a story, and those stories are interacting with each other. And you can argue Stranger Things is kind of a superhero. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're superpowers. Strongly advocate that stories watch out for their characters and have their characters be their biggest selling points because anything that exists, in my opinion, that has stories built off of other stories, which is very much like real life, everyone meets other people and everyone has their own story, I think stuff like that is just wonderful to watch because you have to have some true talent to orchestrate something like oh, that. Oh, definitely. Like, you have to understand the character, which, uh, like, even in movies that maybe aren't great, like we mentioned Punisher Warzone already, Yeah. Uh, that movie is kind of run-of-the-mill if you really think about it, it but is. there are so many awesome action scenes, and they did nail the Punisher. Like, they did pretty much get into his headspace, and the, okay, they didn't explore it much, but they actually understood who he was, and I think that was the point, like, uh, people going to watch this movie are Punisher fans, so they know how he'd act, 
So I guess they were kind of thinking they didn't have to show it, but also they kind of did that. That was for other reasons because they they understood some characters, but they really did not understand others. Yes, yeah. I mean specifically for that movie, not to not to give too much away. Uh, the Joker seemed to have a much deeper relationship with Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. which is unlike most Jokers we've ever seen, who just kind of has an extremely abusive relationship. And I, I can understand them being almost codependent, but there was such a strong abusive relationship going on. Yeah, and in this one, they, they turned it on its head, and all of a sudden he's in, he's super like he's, for he's in love with it. But, and uh, and if the fan theories are true, that that's actually really Robin, that the real Joker died years ago. But you know, it, if we're judging it by the movie standpoint, and this is just that's just fan theories, so we don't actually yeah. know that. But uh, again, I hated the design of the Joker for one. Like, I I know what they were going for. They were going for the modern gigolo uh, gangster clown. Yeah, and yeah. it or, really didn't work because like it was about a yeah and, uh, that 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 just doesn't work. No, it does not. Like. When you try to grab something out of another time, it it can fall down really fast. But like it only works in like it only works if and I hate to say this it only works if you're a talented writer. And yeah, if you're a talented writer or you go 120 percent. Like a yes. good example of this, which is more or less a hero thing. Uh, the uh, the uh, oh shoot, what is it? It it was the opera, the dark opera. Oh, Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah, like, that probably wouldn't have been very good, but they went 120%. Yeah, they believed absolutely everything that they said. All the characters believed exactly who they were, and they sold it 100%. Even though it probably wasn't the best, it was actually really, like, entertaining. It was bad, but because everyone was into it so much, and the world was built around it, Mm -hmm. that it really worked. Because I mean, there's plenty of plenty of examples. Of course, I can't think off the top of my head of one where the world building is not very good, and the characters. I guess like aren't... right on Netflix, where it was pretty bad at world building. That was kind of lazy. Uh, you know, the one with uh, uh, Will Smith was a cop, and then it was like a city. Oh yeah, yeah. Creatures, You're right. Like, yeah. Orcs were somehow black people, even though they didn't really relate. And yeah, because that was lazy world building. Yeah, and I mean, it's a little off of the hero again, but. Something like Zootopia was a good example of world building, and then yeah, talk of every single character had a purpose. Yeah. It was there; they were there for a reason, and their needs were met for a reason. And it very nicely touched on acts of discrimination. Whereas in Bright, it just kind of Same it, it just there. It, it just says orc is exactly equivalent to someone of color or some kind of minority, and just stuck them right in there, and then didn't even try trying to go around it. They they, they gave the same stereotypical clothes and the same stereotypical acting. Yeah, exactly. They but did. just made it into an orc, which I, I, I could even be taken as offensive. Yeah, it could be. Like symbolism at that point in time is almost replaced. Exactly. And world building is uh, another important part of the movie, uh, oh, like definitely. a superhero movie. And uh, honestly, and I hate to say this, but... The Marvel Cinematic Universe is probably the best example of this because every okay. single movie is connected and it actually shows, even subtly, like through a line or through a location they've been to. It's all been stuff mentioned before, which, by the way, we're going to go see Black Panther next Oh, week. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you take the time to connect the dots, you've made a world of difference. Oh, your audience true. will stay 
just to see what happens next. Exactly. It's, even if it's bad, people just kind of want to see that that connection there and how everything ties together. Exactly. Like, we love some of the Crow sequels, even though they weren't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Crow sequels weren't, weren't all that fantastic. And then, yeah, the Crow technically is a superhero. I mean, and uh, the, the beauty of the Crow, and I hear they're making a remake, but they don't really need to because the beauty of the Crow is he's a different person each time. Yeah, there, there's there's actually no need to make a remake. You just say, this guy's the new Crow. They could even make it a woman. It's weird because, you know, like how uh, they tried to make it feminine by replacing uh, all the fem- all the Ghostbusters and making them female, but in reality they just made the first movie with lamer jokes. Yeah, I which, mean, and that's not, I don't know how to fit it, but that's not progressive. That's just doing the same thing. If you're going to, you know, make all the characters female and stuff, you actually have to have a reason for this story existing other than just having female characters. Yeah, and I mean, since we're there, we'll just move over to the topic a little bit of things that are breaking some of these hero movies or these, these movies that, that, we've, that we've become used to. And uh, while it won't be a very long topic, uh, I think I think it's a little nice to touch on some of the negative aspects that we we are afraid of or think are coming out, and and something something definitely like that where just to for the appeal of looking PC they do something like switch all the characters to female, um, change genders. I just said that change race, change sexual orientation, but they don't do it for a perp, and then they run with the exact same story just with that change and then make sure they call it out as much as they can and as many times as they can. And I think, personally, that's my biggest fear is people will try too much to meet social, quote-unquote, norms or trying to be PC, and that just ruins the series because they're not taking the time to know the character. Yeah, kind of like... Uh, and I like Thor Ragnarok, but they kind of yeah. just made... Uh, uh, they made Valkyrie bisexual. They didn't really explore that at all. They just kind of did it to do it. Yeah. But she wasn't a bad character. Just... Not by any means. In fact, I don't even remember the line for Oh, no. It was like uh, the, the one scene where uh, the the Valkyries were fighting Hela in the, the battle, and then she, like, cradled the one, and then uh, I think she kissed her or something. Oh, I, I don't remember that part. But see, like, that's done well. It, 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 yeah, that's done, that's done pretty well. Well, it, it sounds like our, our time's, time's winding down. Yeah, our time's winding down, and uh, we just wanted to say that uh, Phil may not uh, 100% understand uh, the whole craze against superheroes. We think that uh, they are good stories, and that you know it's because they transferred the mediums. They they were comics at first. Just some guy in a basement drew together a dude in a bat suit and thought it was going to be a good idea back in 1930. But uh, it's it's uh, completely transformed the medium and they've transformed every medium and it's stories like this that we'll remember yeah well uh thanks thanks for having me over nick oh no problem thank you so much for listening have a good night